For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. And this is Ray Dames, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is The Guy Show, The Culture Report. Bump, 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 bump. And today, by popular demand, we have our producer, <laughs> Jack Dance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me introduce myself. Oh, oh, oh shit. My, 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 <laughs> this man. No one's ever done that in history. My, my title is A King from Queens, Jack Dance. Oh. No. Somebody get me I out of actually have already. to change that, guy, by the way. I told He's Don Vito, it. you cannot be on the show again if you don't refer to yourself going forward as Jack Burgundy. <laughs> oh, I guess I won't be on the show. Okay, well, he don't want to be on the he show, Don Vito. Jack Burgundy. Jack Burgundy is like Ron Burgundy, little black brother. You the shit? No, 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 no. Nah, Jack thought he ate where I'm Jack. <laughs> I'm, the king I'm the king from, from Queens. Nah, from Queens. no, no, no. Whoa. Jack Burgundy, because you your Jack favorite Jack color is Burgundy. Yeah, that's a and we have my brother, A&R, that handles producer relations for United Masters. Ooh. He was supposed to be on a commission, but it was a whole lot of stuff happening. And we've been, every time we see each other, I'm saying, yo, just come on the show. And he literally hit me 20 minutes before we filmed this. I'm on my way. And we waited for him. Let's give it up for my brother, Juju McLean. Let's go. Hey, Juju. I'm sorry you had to get caught up in the, by the way, we argue like this every day. So, so, so Jack Burgundy, um, let's go. That's why I said I don't want to sit I don't mind a king from Queens, Jack Burgundy. <laughs> but it got, but we gotta have burgundy I, in there. I choose burgundy as all colors, burgundy. Because it's, that's it's his a fly color, it's a regal color. It's a regal color. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you know anybody's favorite color, burgundy? My grandpa had an elder brother. <laughs> but was it his favorite color? <laughs> that favorite that's color. what I'm saying. He is the only person in America whose favorite color is burgundy that I know that of. That means I'm original, man. That's why you gotta you gotta you gotta show it up like Jack Burgundy. Why do you call yourself Jack Burgundy? Oh, let me tell you why. My name is Burgundy. Oh, like Black Rob Burgundy Jack. Yeah, Burgundy Jack. Burgundy Jack. I like Burgundy Jack. Now Burgundy Jack can come on the show. Burgundy Jack sounds good because it's not Jack Burgundy. But I like Burgundy Jack. Hold on. You got to wear some burgundy every show if you're gonna be Burgundy Jack. You got to stay close to the brand. That should be easy, by the way. That's something. I feel like he could do that. Listen, you want to go. You want to go big. This how you go big. Burgundy Jack. <laughs> Nigga said the brand. Bro, I've been hearing Haitian Jack since I was a little boy. Haitian Jack, Burgundy Jack. You met him before? 
Nah, I've never met him before. But I, I know it's, I know he's from Queens, though. Yeah. No, I know he's, he's from Brooklyn. from Brooklyn. Yeah, he don't play. He don't. Let's uh-huh. go. Get into the show today. All right. Um, so it's been a year since um, we've had a... Hot, since Hot 100 has had a rap song as number one, the last number one was Nicki Minaj, Super Freak. I'm kind of confused because I thought we got past this already. I thought we said that um, All My Life was number one. So... How did how is this still argument? Hold on, say, so who's number one? It's, it says we haven't. So Billboard put out again that it's been exactly a year. This, like today, a year ago was the last time a rap song went number one, and it was Nicki Minaj's "Super Freaky Girl." I that was a year ago. That's what they that said. couldn't have been a year ago. That no, nah, that couldn't have been a year ago. It's really a finesse too, because like they 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 have heat seekers now. They have they have heat seekers now. They don't have like Billboard. 100. Wait, what, what's a heat seeker? A heat seekers is like records that are trending. They can be training like so it can go, it can be a top 40 record. Like Big X a plug, right? We put out his album. His album was a heat secret album, number one for six weeks. But you didn't, it didn't pop up on Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, they have like they have like a lot of charts. I, I don't want to say how many, but it's it got I gotta be like 50 or 60. Like I just found out there's a global global billboard chart. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. We've been the number four global um number one global song in the world for four weeks in a row. With the um, Jungkook uh, 7 record. So I didn't even know that. Like, there was a number one global. I just found that out. So I think that that's what it is. We're breaking down from things. No, no, no. No, no, no. Billboard is talking about... No, Billboard is talking about... um, Jack, look up. When did Super Freak come out? Nikki is talking... Billboard is talking about Billboard Hot 100. The two charts that matter the most. Hot 100, Billboard 200 album chart. Okay. So... Uzi has had a number one album on the 200 album chart with the album that just came out, but Billboard hasn't had a Hot 100 rap song. Now, All My Life was top 10, like Gunner's like top five or six, but it's not number one. So maybe that's that. But I I thought the Nicki record came out like eight months ago. August 22nd, 22, actually. Exactly a year ago. But it got released a year ago. But oh, yeah, it went went number one first week. So you're right. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Shout out to Nicki, the girls. Queens. Oh, damn it. (laughs) By the way, Juju, let me me explain to you, Juju. Every time we say something, he has to find a way to bring Queens in it. So just get ready for it. Gotcha. Just get ready for it. I'm just warning you now. So you'll see. Okay, so speaking of Billboard, um, they also released an article this week saying that music execs are beginning to be too stressed due to a lack of artists who have star quality. They can't find artists who can sell out shows and are not just known for one viral hit. How did we get here, and what advice do you have for record execs looking for new music? I'm putting, I'm gonna put, on, I'm gonna let my brother just go first. Let's go. I mean, why do you think that is? Address that. You and Zach, so I don't have not, a job. I'm about to say we're not stressed at you. We de- <laughs> like, yeah, I got it going. We developing real talent, like Big X the plug. We yeah, developed that shit from the ground up. Like he, we found him five. He had five thousand monthly listeners, if that. So, so what do y'all do differently that the major labels don't do? Pop your S. We actually like we don't just sign everything because it looks good. Mm. We we take we our project manager have to agree with it. Our A and R's have to agree with it, and people have to really believe in the vision. And we actually put together a plan for that vision. So, like, when you talk about stress, we got five artists that are big X just sold out Texas three nights in a row, fifteen hundred people. Mm. He just he's on, he's on a sold out tour right now. So, like, we're not stressed about artists. But your expectations are lower. Nah, shit. Let me tell. No, let me tell you why. Here's what I'm trying to say. What I'm telling you is, is that if a rec, if if an artist was on a label that needed it, fifteen hundred seats ain't enough for them. For them, they trying to get to twenty thousand, right? You guys can celebrate 15. By the way, that's an advantage. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like major labels have artists that are selling 1,500 seats. Like 
but they aren't they aren't celebrating them because those aren't big enough wins. United Masters focus is artist development. Mm. So because that's the focus, that's a win. That the focus is the, the win is watching things grow compared to a major label where focus is to make to get a song that streams three million a day so they can make all their bank. So United Masters, but that's why distributors are kicking the major labels ass oh. right now. Kicking their ass. Kicking all distributors are because distributors' expectations are lower. They're like, hey, man, we can get how many monthly um, listens does Big X have? Five million now. Okay, we get five, five million. That's, that's a, a win. How long have you been developing him? 12, 13 months. Jeez, that's but a big difference. Labels don't take the time to develop. Yeah, so here, so I'm going to address it. So, here, oh, Jack, do you want to go? No, no, no. Okay, I'm going to address it because I work. <laughs> Jack so is just here to be. Label, most label back. people are not happy. Because the people that's running these companies don't care about their happiness. They don't care about the fun part of the game. Nobody got into the music business because they wanted to sit at a desk and move like a librarian. Everybody that wanted to be in the music business got in this because it felt fun. Working at major labels right now is not fun anymore. As as research came up. Yeah, like research came So research calls all the shots. So meaning if I like Jack's music, I, if I work like... Juju could like Jack's music, bring it in the United Masters. He got 12-month listeners. Juju like it. They like, go for it. I want to do it. They like, what the fuck are you thinking? He only has 12-monthly listeners. We need to go for this guy over here who has 800,000-monthly listeners and growing. And my thing is, but that can suck. Right. They don't care if it sucks. He's taking pride in his artists. Most labels don't take pride in the artists. They take pride in the stories and the work that they do. I've got him here. He's taking pride in his artists. They don't think like that. So most people that work at labels, labels aren't fun no more, man. These these label heads are are are, are businessmen who only care about the bottom line. And I don't think that that motivates people. I remember I was sitting down with a head of a company, and he was and he was doing a speech. He's a I ain't gonna even go there, but he was doing a speech to the company, and he was like, "Guys, work for yourselves. Work hard for you." And I was like. So I pulled him to the side. I said, bro, people ain't here to work hard for themselves. People here to work hard for you. Pe- See, you know what's funny about that statement? You know what Steve's motto is at UF? What? Entrepreneurs. All exactly. The, all the people that he's, he's hiring are, all have their own established business outside of UF. Mm. When we're coming in, like, our motto is literally become an entrepreneur. Like, you have, there's more elevation. Because everybody at UM, everybody works at UM, and it's probably a secret nobody should know, but everybody has equity. Yeah, we no, I know, I know, I know, I know Dave. Dave was one of my no, best friends, yeah. so yeah, we all my little brother, yeah. So it's like, that's my point, but see what I'm he did? Build some shit that I own. That's <laughs> different, sure but if you're getting a salary, <laughs> you ain't, like, it's like, bro, like JoJo, JoJo's my A&R guy, like James, like, every time I see James, I'll be like, man, you, don't I compliment you? That's me giving, like, me, that's me feeling like what I paid him is enough. Nah, they want to feel seen in their job. They want to feel acknowledged. So when you're telling people kill for themselves, what the fuck does that do for me? If I'm the fucking digital manager on a successful project, I get a plaque and maybe a bonus? <laughs> nah, because you got to understand there's only one CEO. There's only right. one person at the top, right? Or maybe it could be two at the most. I ain't never seen three co-CEOs, right? So with that being said, if there's only, they know if it's 100 employees, only two is a CEO, what are the odds that I'm going to become a CEO, right? So- all I can really do is kill for my CEO. Mm. Kill for him. Because at least if I kill for him, he going to make sure I'm straight. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So these guys, these label guys are like, do your job. No, nobody mm-hmm. in the music business came in there to just do their job. They came in this shit to have fun. And you fucking culture vultures have sucked the fun out the game. 
That's a fact. And if one person from the outside creates an environment where employees like it and they can get paid, that person is going to change the game. Because these CEOs of these labels, they ain't fun guys. They like number pushers now. It's a few that's really good. But the most they of them. Lights on. They, huh? They trying to keep over here. The light, listen, on. the lights will stay on if they don't do nothing. Mm. A crash, I could put a five-year-old in a CEO seat. That back catalog is going to bring, it's going to make them hit their numbers every year. It's labels right now that ain't broke an artist in five fucking years. <laughs> it's labels right now that ain't had a fucking number one record in five years. But they hitting their numbers. Why? Because that shit that happened in 1972. <laughs> shit me, that happened me, in 1984. Let me, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. You said um, Steve. Yeah. So I know you enjoy working at the company. Absolutely. So you're talking about Steve Stout. Absolutely. How, what, what is it like working for Steve? Um, I would say, like, it's, it's, uh, it's a, first of all, it's a great learning experience. But beyond that, it's, before I even started working with Steve, it's funny. I ran into Steve at the Rock Nation brunch, right? He's like, the fuck are you? I mean, this is five years ago. It's like, the fuck? I'm talking to him like, yo, like, I really read your book already. I really fuck with everything you got going on. Really dope. He's, He's like, trying to figure out how you got in the party. How the hell did this little nigga get in here? <laughs> right. But then he see me hanging with me and Gotti yeah. and then, like, moving around. And, like, he sees how I work. So, like, now, fast forward five years forward. I've been in you in two years. Steve is like, yo, like. However, Juju's moving outside. I need everybody to take take note to take note of that. Exactly, and that's how the company needs to be moving. Because like he's championing what we have going on. He's carrying the culture on his back. Like right. this, these are things that like we need this. Like so, it's like it's funny because like we are a tech company, but we also are an ad agency. Mm-hmm. We also are a label. So we're mixing all these different cultures together, and it's like working with Steve. Like he's a mastermind of understanding all these things and putting people in place for you to succeed in your with, with what you are. Really good at. That's dope. You know where Steve is from? Oh, my God. Keep going. Next question. We should have knew that was coming. Queens. (laughs) Um, Ebro says record labels have stopped prioritizing signing rappers. And then he gave a quote and he said, I got a call saying it should be noted. Many major record labels have deprioritized signing rappers. The focus is now African music and Latin music. Rappers better stop being boring and talk about the same shit over and over. Chasing TikTok success and... Comment sections. Um, do we agree with Ebro? How do we feel about this overall statement? What are we taking away from this? Uh, all right. So I'll say this first. Rap is going down rapidly. A mm-hmm. uh, huge, two or three huge executives have pulled me to the side. You know, because Juju knows this. The fact that Juju can show up here and 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 do an interview says a lot. You have people that work at major labels that they just can't pull up and do an interview. They got to get permission mm-hmm. from from PR people. They need us to send them uh, 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 a uh, what, what are we talking about? So I, I give kudos to that. But back to what I'm saying about rap. So back, so I was saying is that people were coming to me saying, Ray, you need to talk about this because rap's in trouble. Like really important people like rap's in trouble. You need to talk about it. So my theory is this, is that these people who are at the head of these companies can't communicate properly with rappers. So they really don't give a fuck about them. They're only there to make them money. Um, the problem is, is that you, you can't give a kid that much money and not teach him something. Like imagine somebody giving you a million dollars without a lesson. No guidance. What, a million, if I give you a million dollars without a lesson, you're going to blow that million. That's going to be your lesson, right? Yeah. But the money's taxes. gone. Yep, come on. Definitely not 
pay you're not gonna pay taxes. So my thing is, is that rap is going down because rap has no guidance. Rap has no guidance because the people who have the money to pay people can guide don't give a fuck about them or their guidance. They actually, and they, I'm not saying they're evil people, but they actually benefit more if the rapper gets killed or something happens to them. So sometimes they just like let's see what happens. You know what I mean? So I think rap is going down now because rap doesn't have mentorship. You don't have people in the room that show them that they care about them. I said this a hundred times on the show. I'm like a broken record. And I think that they are mad that rap is controlling it because when rap controls it, guess what's going to happen? Niggas going to talk. Mm. We don't want the niggas to talk. We want y'all to shut the hell up and be happy with these pennies. But when we start knowing we're making millions, it's like we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And they don't want us to talk. So my thought process is, is that rap is in trouble. Ebro is right. But if Ebro worked for a major label, Ebro would be in there doing that. Mm-hmm. There's no Ebros in these buildings. Mm-hmm. And if there are, because there are a few of my friends that are really care about this shit, it's few and far between. And you got to be an entrepreneur. You got to be somebody who's from the outside that comes in. Because if you can't speak their language, if you don't know what to wear, the clothes, the shit, you're going to lose in, any, in, in the long run anyway. One of the comments on Instagram recently, because we had a conversation, something like this about with SO, and it was like, how can we change it? And they, and he was like, if you are in those rooms and you try to stick up, you're kind of condemned. Like, you don't have as much power if you're the only one in the room to kind of be the person like, hey, you know, that doesn't sound so good. So it's not as easy to be the one person standing on the island. Let me tell you something. You have to be a real straight up entrepreneur to come in these companies and shake it up. Mm-hmm. You have to be. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a prime example. I'm in an A&R meeting. I'm not going to say which company, but I was in an A&R meeting and they play one of the white A&Rs. You know, when you're in the a I mean, you play, you know, everybody gets to play what they think is moving. Like, yo, we all, it's 30 of us in the room, play what you think is hot. One white guy, oh, I have to say that white guy plays this kid's music. And the kid was mixed, right? High yellow. You could tell he had black in him, but you could tell he wasn't completely black. Like 6'9"-ish? Right? No, no, not 6'9"-ish. Um, um, more, not even Weekend and Drake-ish. More like, like his hair quality was very curly. You could just tell he wasn't 100%. Adonis vibes. Drake's son. Adonis vibes, exactly. Okay. Drake's son vibes, exactly. Okay. And on the video, he was saying, he was talking about fucking, and he was saying, nigga, nigga, nigga. And you know me, I'm a black person, so I'm looking for the niggas, <laughs> right? Ass. I'm looking for the niggas in the video. And I'm like, hold on. He's the darkest person in the video. So imagine Drake's son Adonis being the darkest the person man. in the video. <laughs> and he's saying, nigga, nigga, this, this, this. So, you know, they go off and then, you know, of course, you, you know how this goes, Juju, when the A&R plays something, he has to give the story. This is going viral. He got this many hits, da-da-da. So he's starting to, you, you know what I'm talking about. He starts <laughs> selling it, right? So, you know, everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm looking around. I'm like. Hmm. Nobody going to say that about this shit? <laughs> no, I'm like, he going to have problems. First thing he says, his dad is black. He knew that. He knew what that White boy. Was. His dad is black though, Ray. His dad must not have been in his life. Because if his dad was black and he was raised around a black person, he would have known he needed some darker niggas in that video for us Absolutely. to believe that is real. <laughs> so we sign him, we're going to have some problems. And then they was like, oh, let's go to the next video. And then I'm just thinking I'm doing my job. I, I come from outside. I'm, and then one of the young ladies that worked for the company like stood, looked at me and was like, thank you. Because, mm. But I'm thinking like she didn't even feel comfortable saying, I don't want to support that. Oh, that my biggest thing in our A and R meetings, and anybody to tell you, if you sit in one of our A and R meetings, we had a Latin rapper, and he kept saying "nigga," and I was like, "All right, y'all gonna stop, y'all can cut this shit off right now." I said, "If he says nigga one more time, and nobody says anything, like we got an issue." And mm-hmm. they like, everybody's looking at me. I was like, "Bro, I don't give a damn if he's Mexican, whatever. Like he 
it does not. If he's from Texas, wherever he's from, he don't get to say nigga. The only reason why, the only reason why people like Six Nine could do it is because he was surrounded by niggas. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and, and not that doesn't mean that just because he's surrounded by it, just it felt like he was one of them. Well, he so could, he could have been. Atlanta. Nah. But that's so that's nah, nah, but Cap G can say, nigga, in my opinion, he's from College Park Project. Cap is different. Cap is that's my point. If they're different, it's okay. If you know, if they if they if they feel like they grew up around us, good. If they feel like they didn't, then that's what it is, what it is. Yeah. So but I'm just saying, listen, brother, my biggest problem in the business is one of my biggest problems is is that white people can sit in the room and play records with the N-word all throughout it. Mm-hmm. All throughout it. Right. And to me, imagine me playing a record from a female artist where she's saying bitch and pussy the whole song. I wouldn't even feel comfortable. I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? I, I would I would have a woman partner on it. Like you play it to Because coming right. from me, they're going to look at me like, crazy. what the fuck are you like <laughs> coming from you is different because mm-hmm. you're the so the, the audaciousness that they could just walk in a room and say, Ray, listen to this song. And the song is my nigga, my nigga, <laughs> all my niggas. And I'm like, I know you sing this shit when I'm not in the room. bro. Right. I know you do. Because why are you? Why are you able to do that? Yeah, now, now you. watch this. Now, imagine if Jack right. Dan's worked for a major company. And he came in the room playing some country shit, country music. They're going to look at him like, man, if you don't take your black ass and go find some black music. If Jack played Latin music, are you going to take some away from the hood? Or is he like, you know what I mean? But a white person can come in the room and just play nigga all day. And we better not say nothing because if we do, we're going to be ostracized and put out sooner or later. So to me, it's, it's, it's the weirdest shit. Good way to look at it. Um, but one of the reasons, and Yo Gotti is blaming some of the issues that we're having in rap right now on COVID. He said that ever since the pandemic, rap hasn't been the same. It's been sem- semi-boring. The energy ain't been the same. I feel like we're all mentally been inside. Um, what are some impacts that the pandemic might have had on music that we didn't really consider? I'll give you one. Right. We paid these niggas too much money when they got got a chance to come back outside, so now niggas weren't putting out music. Like, And when they started to try to put out music, it's like, Bro, you know damn well you can't go to no arena, bro. Take your mm-hmm. ass to the Roxy, bro. Yeah. Do a four, do two nights at the Roxy, seven thousand people. Get your bag and keep it pushing. But everybody wants to be Drake. Everybody wants to be Savage, and it's like everybody's not that. So it's like we we're in this space now where artists are they think they're bigger than what they are, and it's a humbling experience because the festivals everybody's not coming to see you, right. just you at the festival. The festivals have festivals. No disrespect has fucked the, the game up. The festivals has fucked up the ecosystem. Because so, you know what's funny? I think it's, it's, it's fucked up the rap ecosystem. So we talk about yeah, rap ecosystem. It's fucked up the rap ecosystem, but it's helping every everybody, every other genre is getting helped by festivals. Yes, and we just have find a way. And like I said, the clubs fucked up. Clubs fucked it up. Then you say the festivals added onto it for rappers. But it's like when niggas, when you tell somebody like when Roddy said, "Hey man, I got I get four hundred thousand a show." It's like when nigga, when last time you put out a record? Yeah, and it's like okay, yeah, you might have got four hundred thousand when you had the box. Now I need another record. Yeah, but not only that, you got four hundred thousand, but that's for Rolling Loud. Yep, right. that's not four hundred thousand for you to do a Just show. You. Right, that's the part that's so the, the the price is fucking it up. So you got rappers that's like I get eighty five thousand a show. Yeah, because you're one of fucking sixty. <laughs> How much money can alone. you pull in on your own? Mm-hmm. What's that hard ticket sale? What's that hard ticket sale look like? And most artists can't sell hard tickets. And not only that, dog, you from Atlanta, right? Yeah. Dog, Atlanta 
if it's one thing Atlanta was. I lived here for 22 you, years. Tamara, stop doing that. Y'all, I hate when y'all, listen. Hold on, let me say something for I hate when y'all do that. Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I got to Juju. I got to say this to Tamara and Jack. No, no, you don't got to say No, I'm going to say it to you. because you No, no, because you bring Queens up one more time, you ain't invited next week. I'm being, no, no, listen. He laughed at me. No, but I know, but no. I have a right to look at somebody. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, is that you guys have to, you guys have to let the agenda lie and just have the conversation. So if he says he's from Atlanta, let man say he's from Atlanta, leave him the fuck alone. Don't give him to New York. Oh, you, leave no, him alone. So, so, if he so wanted to be from Atlanta, Ray, Ray, I'd have let him be so, from Atlanta, so, so, but he so lied to me. Yeah, Don't fucking lie to me and sit next to me. So I'm supposed to let him That's okay, but to me, you're wrong. To her defense, to her defense, she said, where are you from? I said, I was born in North Carolina. That's what I was said. raised in Atlanta. You ain't seen no raised. You said I was born. But anyway, back but to the point. But the point is, is that then check him after the show. But like, you told me oh, North Carolina, not online. I just didn't. I didn't even say well, nothing. Man, like, you could have so texted him. I didn't even say shit. Right, I'm so solid. I came to your defense. I came to right. Thank you. I'm just enjoying the conversation. But the point is, I'm trying to say is that when you from Atlanta, Atlanta has been known since I've been here in 1991 as the city for parties. There are no more venues big enough to hold when the last time Atlanta had a party hosted by a superstar, it's not enough money to be made no more. The festivals killed the club business too. Oh. Because now rappers are like, I got 400000 in last week. You think I'm about to come do a walkthrough for 50000 for you and I know you're going to throw me the mic? But that was how it always existed. Mm. So now rappers can't even go get real money in the chitlin circuit like they used to because of how much festivals did it. Because they're like, once you give them, once you put them up in the bins, you can't put them in the Toyota again. They're going to be mad. The festivals are not your bins, by the way, guys, it is literally rented. It is not yours. So when you think you got 400,000, you got 400,000 because you was a part of the Avengers movie. How much does your movie bring in rappers? If you're on the Avengers, of course the Avengers are going to bring in fucking 200 million first week. It's all of us. Iron Man, fucking uh, Captain America. But Captain America is going to bring in 60 first week by himself. You can make it humbling real quick, Ray. All you got to do is do a festival and then wait till that radius clause ends three months later and book a show. I guarantee you won't be able to sell. Come on, bro. But, 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 my, but see, here's the thing, though. My thing is this, is the reason why rap is losing is because no one is in these buildings having these conversations. Like, yo, it's okay to get 400 for a festival, bro, but don't forget, you got people in Birmingham, Alabama that probably will never get to see you if because Rolling Loud ain't been to Birmingham yet. Right. Right? So they might not ever get to see you. So how are you going to touch them? Money can, artist development can't be rooted in money. And the problem is that these artists don't know that they're being developed. That's I, I think to add to that, too, um, and what you were saying about why the other genres, Latin and um, Afrobeats and stuff, is winners, because a lot of them artists are a lot more humble. They come from, really come from nothing. So to them, just the opportunity, just being here, being able to do that, I think that they're a lot more appreciative. We've seen the same story happen in hip-hop, where it's like rapping the hood, go to jail, come home, start rapping, you know, become rich. But like these kids is, you know, it's like growing up with no hope. And then when this opportunity happens, I think that they, they take it more to heart and more serious. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's a good way to look at it. Did you have anything to add to that? Okay. So I'm speaking of actually, this goes right into it. So Icey was talking about touring culture, and he said that classic hip-hop artists have been able to sell out arenas worldwide. He noted Nas, Wu-Tang Clan, 50 Cent, and Ice Cube. We actually attended Funk Fest this weekend, and we saw um, Jeezy, um, Keith Sweat, all the... Juvenile. Kind of juvenile, yeah. Well, 
I'm not going to talk about how I messed back that ass up because we were walking in, but that's another story for another day. Um, can a old head hip-hop meets new hip-hop tour kind of happen? And if so, what would that look like? Why, why you had to call it an old head? Well, okay, that's part so of the problem. How would, you, well, how would you like it named? The classics versus new? Or? Um, I don't know, but old head, like, that's part of the problem because now you putting them in, that's a negative connotation. If you want to be uncle and auntie, you got to accept the title. I mean, but it's, it's no different than saying, like, a Coldplay going out with her, Coldplay taking her out. I've never heard anybody call Aerosmith old head. That is the problem with our culture. Legacy artists, though. Legacy is fine. Be a legacy hip-hop artist. I would take that, but old right. head to me, gotcha. you, this is the problem in our culture. Age is everything. Mm. And we got to stop that. But the reason why it's like that is because we don't have generational wealth. So, you know, I feel like, because what happens is that, by the way, has any artist ever said that they bigger than Jay-Z? No. You know why? Because Jay-Z got more money than them. How are you bigger than me, right? So in our culture, we have to stop putting money and age at the top of how we judge people. Because there wouldn't be a chance for a rapper today to make Half a million, a Roddy Rich make four hundred thousand dollars if it wasn't for a KRS One doing South Bronx. That's a fact. That's it. Just wouldn't be possible, right? And for me, it's it's important that if we let them kill our legacy, and we kill our legacy, then they gonna look at us like Jack's time is up, done, <laughs> and we can't allow that to happen. We gotta make it. That that's why I love what we're doing. I was talking to somebody we interviewed. I'm not going to say their name yet because we haven't dropped it yet. But he pulled me to the side right there. And he was like, I didn't know how to brag on who I am, right? I needed, I needed you to remind me who I am. That's what. Because sometimes when you get older, you feel out of touch. You feel like, damn, they don't want me no more. And if you hear the video, somebody said, oh, you like that old head? It's like, yeah, I'm an old head now. Let me go get a job. Nobody that's been in hip-hop should have to go get a job. They should have jobs in the business. The same way when a running back retires or a quarterback retires, they make him the quarterback coach, the running back coach. In any other sport, we should have the same thing in music, but we don't. You want to know why? Because our younger generation don't give a fuck about us. They don't call white people aunt and unk. They call them Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, that's they don't call them aunt and unk. So, we, so that's my thing. The, wor- the worst thing you can do to me is DM me and say unk. Man, I ain't, <laughs> my own nieces and nephews don't, don't call me unk. That's real. What that's about real. Big Bro? Big bro is fine, but big bro is, but unk is our way. Unk is our shady way of saying, saying what's old. up, old ass? <laughs> unk, unk, auntie is our way of saying old ass. <laughs> bro, we, gotta, we have to start preserving us. If we do not, we're going to never have anything. And we got, that's why I don't mind checking. Don't do that because that's the problem. And I've had it happen to me before. Bro. Black people get treated the way we do in society because we allow it. Not because they can do it. We allow it because as long as you're paying that young guy, you can treat that old guy like you want. You think Justin Bieber going to let somebody disrespect, uh, uh, what's his name, Steven Tyler? Oh, Mick Alice Jagger? Out, yeah, right. Hell no, nah, nigga. Fucking Maroon 5 did a song called Moves Like Jagger. Mm. They have so much respect for their people. We got to have that same respect. Or we gonna just keep saying, "Why well, black people don't got shit?" Look at go look in the mirror, cause you the reason. Cause you just said an unk. We don't have shit because you don't say Mister and Mrs. Nigga, James Brown made white people call him Mister. Mister Brown. Mister Brown. When he get on it, Maritha Franklin, you gonna call me Mrs. I'm a, uh, he had James Brown on his jet. You gonna call me Mister Brown? That's why James Brown is respected. If he would have just let everybody call him unk. He would have been some, something else. We have That's to real. change how we treat each other, bro. It's going to be over if we don't. So I have a question, too. And this is kind of a little bit on that topic, but a little bit off of that topic, right? 
I was having a conversation a while back about um, <clears throat> artists entering artists entering into the business, right? So you have some artists. Well, a couple years back, Spotify quantified a professional artist as having ten thousand monthly listeners. Where that, that number came from, I'm not quite sure, but they, that's how they quantified it, right? So now you have guys that are that are approaching thirty that are still trying to rap, and you're like, rap is a young man's sport. And the reason I say rap is a young man's sport, you got to think about how you are even positioning marketing, how you're who you're talking to demographic wise. So, like, let's say you're 30 years old trying to rap. You're literally trying to talk to an 18-year-old that's in college. Not true. I disagree. Depends, depends on what your demographic is. I'm, I got now, you. So, the, so, the, but it, so my thing is, like, is really targeting your, your demographic, right? Understanding who your demographic is. If you're 30 years old trying to rap, most, most we probably live the same type of lifestyle. We've probably done the same type of things or, or have experienced the same things at our age. I'm 31. Yeah. So we probably have done the same exact thing. Yeah. So your demographic is probably that 24 34 age. Yeah. Who you're really trying to target. But the reality is now a lot of people that are in that demographic are in, are entering into the, the business world. They're entering into a family lifestyle. They're entering into like they they have uh job security. Like they're they're getting to the place where they're establishing their career. So they're the people that are gonna go out on the weekend, they're gonna go to a lounge. Their friend might be they were celebrating a 30th birthday. They're not looking to find a new artist, discover a new rapper. Of course not. So that's my thing being. So now at what point do we tell people it's okay? Like, because I feel like, and especially in our culture, we don't tell them it's okay to pivot. No, it's no, like, it's, it's, it's no. I don't think we tell them it's okay to pivot. But I will say, I'm gonna argue against that. You can't name one rapper alive, and I don't give a fuck what nobody say that can rap better than Hov. Hov is fifty something years old. Hov's in thirty thirty though. Hov started twenty six. I'm talking about today at fifty something years old. Hov can drop a verse on any song. Where, if every rapper had, if we had a self destruction record. <laughs> Where 19 rappers have a verse. If Hove is on there, it's a rap. You see what he did on God did, but Hove is smart. He talks to his age demographic. We all love music. Now, I was just in my office. I, when I want to feel something, I play Hove just landed in Rome, nigga. All hell sees his home, nigga. Nigga, that's hard as fuck, bro. What, nigga? That's hard. I, I think that the problem. The the unk, the auntie, the the old head, those comments are what make us think rap is an old man's game, a young man's game. Rap is not a young man's game. Rap is about people. Rap is about relating to people. So if a 30-year rapper come in and talk about 30-year-old shit, he gonna win. But I'm talking about staff, so now now correct. But I'm talking about establishing the fan base, right? So you, you talk about now. You, but to- that's what I'm saying. But my point is not to cut you off, I just want to say this, but my point is is that your fan base should look like you. Do you, let me tell you something. I said this on the show. Do you know that LL Cool J, Rakim, and Big Daddy Kane all were born in 1968? Jay-Z was born in 1969? Why do you think that they're, they're considered classic hip-hop and he's not? Because he started in 96. By the way, like I said, I think I said this on the show, right? Before Biggie, after Biggie. If you came after Biggie, you're not considered old school no more. If you came before Biggie, you are, right? Except but I'm just, except for who? Jay. Jay came after Biggie. I know. That's what I'm saying. But anybody who came after Biggie, the only person I could probably consider is Nas. How did Jay come after Biggie? Reasonable Doubt dropped in 96. Ready to Doubt dropped in 94. Okay, okay, okay. No, Reasonable Doubt, no, 95. I am a fucking dictionary when it comes to music. I understand this shit. Hove came in 96. Only person I might say... 95. 96. Nas and Big came in 94. Everything okay. after you gotta know you know who was right before you know who was on fire when Nas and Big dropped? Kid and play. 
Think about exactly. House Party came out in ninety one. House Party two came out I think in ninety. Ninety came out house, but like this, House Party came out in ninety four. I saw when I saw House Party four, House Party three in ninety four when I was a freshman in high school. I rem- ninety three. I'm lying. Ninety three. I was a freshman in high school. First first semester, House Party three dropped. Point is, is that Biggie came a year after Kid and Play, <clears throat> but Kid and Play was having fun. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. Get on down. And Biggie came with that warning. Who the fuck is this? Page right. me. Ever since then, and Nas came with the, the you know, the, 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 yeah, the yeah, it ain't hard to tell. Time. He came with the Illmatic. Yeah. Everybody after them is not considered old school in rap. And they've been able to last. Tamira just said, I was playing juvenile back to that. So, like, that came 98. That's a fact. So it's not, a, it's about talking to who you are. So remember, Kane and them was kids when they came out. They was rapping kids shit. Hov was saying, "Who I?" He said, "You saying you want money like Cosby? Who wouldn't?" Like he was rapping grown man rap when he was twenty six, twenty seven. That's why he's their age, but he feels like they're years apart. That's because he rapped to his audience. He did not rap to the youth. He rapped to niggas that was getting money like him. And if you was a young nigga, what's the one thing you want to get? Money and women, right? He was talking up. I was sixteen when Reasonable Doubt came out. I could. <laughs> You know, you hear that shit. I'm like, this nigga's talking that heavy money shit. That's why it works. It's not. So if you a rapper listening, stop trying to talk to the young man. Like the word, I hate when artists bring up TikTok. If you don't exist at TikTok, fuck it. You think is Tech Nine on TikTok? Is Killer Mike worried about TikTok? No, they just talking to the audience. That's why it works. So it's not a young man's game. We just try to make it a young man's game. White people want it to be a young man's game. Because when it's a young man's game, guess what happens? The niggas that know better are out the fucking room. Now we can fuck the young niggas over. And it's no disrespect, but it's just the way it goes. Why why, why why isn't Cool Herc head of black music at a label? Why isn't KRS-One head of black music at a label? Why? He would do it. Why is it Rakim? Why? That's true. You know why? Because Rakim gonna tell the young artist, this is what I did wrong. Don't do that wrong. They don't need that, nigga. We need them to make the mistake. Shut the fuck up, Rakim. Go do that old school concert over there. We don't need and that's what's really happening. They don't want niggas that know better in the room. They want niggas that don't know better in the room. So that's can we officially stop saying it's a young man's game? Because we're always saying is anybody that know better, it's time for you to leave. And we need them niggas. Period. That's a good way to look at it. Um Okay, so mm-hmm. Korean drill rap is here. So um, drill actually came from London, so we can't take yep. all the credibility for this. But my uh, 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 you said from London, London, yeah, the UK. The sound mm-hmm. It was called gr- it was called grind. You forgot I used to work with Chop. So Chop, Young Chop. So Young Chop. Okay, the Godfather drill rap. So that's this. Yeah, that's Chicago. where they got it from. I'm always say Chicago came from Chicago. No, yeah, it did not. It not came from really. grime. So grime, but grime is a whole other genre. No, it's grime. the same genre. Just UK people call it grime, and Americans call it drill. The you, question, my question is: Can other ethnicities imitate our culture and like drill without culture appreciation and without kind of making fun of black people? Like, can they do it without using? Like, what do we call it? Cosplay and black people. So why do they have to dress up how a black girl would get the nails, the hair, the makeup, the outfits? Like, why can't they be Korean but just do drill rap? Why do they have to appropriate our culture in it? Is it even possible to do? Because our culture is the coolest culture in the fucking world. I don't care what table we are in the world. 
if a black man is at that table, that table is cooler. Mm -hmm. If a black woman is at that table, that table is cooler. We might not have had the system to control, but what we did influenced the whole motherfucking system. Mm -hmm. So I don't even get mad. I've, I've actually traveled to Asia, and when they do that, that's a compliment. Let me give you an example. I was in Japan, and I saw girls with rap, like, you know, it was the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> so you would get this Japanese girl, and she would just say, like, her language. And then right oh, after, then she'll start performing. You little bitch, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. Perfect. Word English. for word. Mm -hmm. She don't speak English. No, so, she so, when she, so when you hear, when you, they were saying nigga. So when you hear nigga, you, no, I'm for real. They didn't know that it was a derogatory a term. <laughs> Right? They, they was just repeating after us. That's why we got to be very careful when we start using the word, and the, the oh N-word. We got to be careful when we use it because... I might be cursing up a storm, and I don't know. I be seeing all the Spanish. Yeah, but that's what... That's what dog, they, I mean, me and Tarana, me and Tarana <laughs> sitting there, Jack, me and Tarana sitting there looking at each other. It's us and 30 people from Japan looking at one girl perform, and she's singing like, nigga, and I'm like... <laughs> and then they're like this. I'm like, oh, they don't even know that this. So I couldn't get mad. They don't know it's a bad word. But let me tell y'all something. Everywhere across the world, now that YouTube exists, now that Spotify exists, everywhere across the world, people are looking at black Americans and saying, I want to do what they do because nobody's cooler than us. And that's a fact. So you know what's funny? So even now, we, like I was on, like Twitter has this thing where they're like, I hate Afrobeat, right? And it's funny as fuck <laughs> because Afrobeat, if you, if, if you ask a lot of Nigerians, up until the early 2000s, all they had on their radio was nothing but hip-hop and R&B. Mm -hmm. So the reason why Burner Boy is actually working in, in the space and why people are like are able to digest it more, he's literally taking samples that he heard growing up, the music he heard growing up, and recreating those and putting it on Afrobeat records. But you know they have an issue with that, right? Because he said black we didn't have any culture. He said black Americans didn't have any culture, and then he turned around and sampled all of our music. So we're like, how you... And then wearing fake Tims and... Doing all like, how are you gonna say we don't have no culture and then mimic our culture? I'm sorry. It goes back to what I said because we letting it happen. We, I would, I would, if I'm black in America, I'm not going to nothing, none of his stuff until he apologize. Okay, I like that because I've grew up around Africans and they'll tell you in a minute how Americans have none of this. But what the fuck am I supposed to do then? <laughs> right. what a, it's a room full of black African Americans. What the hell are we but, supposed to do right. then? Just not exist? Mm -hmm. Nah, nigga, we, we the sauce. We went through the hell and we the sauce now. Yep. That y'all are coming over here using our shit. I'm, I'm all about peace and love. I love, but you ain't going to say, I hate when I'm around Africans and they try to downplay our black mm -hmm. Americans. We had no choice, nigga. The people that you raised, you sold us to some people that fucked us over. Stop that dumb shit. We had no choice. Nigga, the fact that we here thriving, shining like we are. Shit, nigga. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I ain't have to sell drugs to do it. I might. Well, I feel good about myself, honestly. Yeah. You're not going to make me feel bad for where I came from. Y'all didn't have to sell crack. We did. No, Hove did that. So hopefully, I'll just play with you. I'll just play with you. But let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had Korean fried chicken before? Absolutely. Shit is hard. Shit is yeah, the bomb. It's a spot in Philly that go crazy right yeah, across. It's by. a spot out here too. <laughs> no, Korean fried chicken is the bomb. There's not a landing point. My question point. to be like, what the fuck does it have to do with what we talking thought, about? That's why I'm like, is there a landing point? Where we go? Just lightening the mood a little okay. bit. Okay. No, we <laughs> love good. it. No. Can I tell you something? We good. We black people. I think the biggest thing hurting black people is that we laugh at everything. 
we don't know when to take it serious. So we do make jokes. We make, uh, and we, we, by the way, that is, that is also a a benefit to us because we laugh. But I think the thing that hurts black people in America is that we laugh at things. When Kanye said what he said about the Jewish community, nobody laughed. They didn't even fucking crack a smile. They actually said whoever smiles with him is going to go. If we acted like that and didn't laugh, black, that's why I, I don't, I get the black Twitter thing, but I hate it because they make fun of everything and everybody. But that makes people feel like, well, if you're making fun of yourself, it's okay if we do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? You st- if you laugh at yourself and your struggles, it's okay for me to bring it up. We right? laughing to stop from crying on No, no, but I, that's true, T. I'm not saying we're not. But I'm saying the fact that we laugh the way we do right. at issues that happen in America. Like, I'm being out when the George Floyd thing happened. Terrible when the George, it is. It is mm-hmm. a defense mechanism. It's actually how we handle anxiety, by the yeah. way. I'm not saying we're wrong. I'm just saying when the George Floyd thing happened, I remember so many of my white friends was like, man... Man, like, I hate, I gotta bring this up. I ain't gonna say his name, but it made me feel so fucking hopeless, y'all. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He's, he didn't mean no harm by it, but I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he, you know, when the George Floyd thing happened, white people were checking on their black friends. And he called me and he said, Hey, man, are you okay? And you know, I'm black. I'm like, Yeah, I, man, this is nothing to us. I mean, I had guns put on me by the police my goddamn self. Like, yeah, I'm fine. Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I was like, he was like, things are going to change now, though. Wow. And I was like, you think so? And you know what this man said to me? He said, yeah, because we out there marching with y'all now. Ooh. Mm. And that stuck with me. And it wasn't, he didn't mean no harm he by it. Didn't he no didn't, harm. But he was just like, nah, we out there now. It's going to change. So that just made me feel like, damn, man, until we take on that attitude, and everybody who's working with me know I don't play that shit. If, you, if JoJo goes to where, I'm like, do they know you work with me? Am I tripping? I'm like, hey, make sure they know you with me because you ain't going to treat nobody with me like that. That's me taking myself serious. If we did more of that, the whole narrative around us would change. That's a fact. It'll change because then we'll start taking what we do seriously. We start taking what we say seriously. We start taking how we feel seriously because we will. We need Louis Farrakhan. Mm. We need that energy, that uncle that's like, fuck that. This is how we're doing. It'll change our narrative. Until yeah, we, we get there, we, until we get there, we're going to keep getting abused and laughed at and robbed and all the other shit by America. Until well, we do that. It's funny because you look at now, what's the number one record in the world? And on Billboard, what's the number one record? Rich Man from uh, uh, Richmond. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, um, uh, it's country, a country record, record right? Yeah, but yeah. If you listen to the lyrics, like, white people aren't laughing. They dead ass serious. And, I'm like, and that's his debut song. Yeah, bro, that's bro's debut song. But if you look at that, it goes from that to what's, what's my other guy? The other country record that was number one. Morgan Wally, Morgan, Morgan Wayland. Yeah, Morgan yeah, Wayland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But literally, you got these records that are like, they telling you like, bro, we're not fucking around with y'all no more. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't on none of that bullshit y'all was on before. Like, we not joking. Like, we dead ass serious, and this is what we don't like. Exactly. And we take it as, as like a joke, laughing, but they like, bro, we dead ass, they're rallying around this shit. Like, my man, my man video looked like a whole Proud Boy commercial. Oh, mm. wow. oh no, listen. The right people don't have to be mobilized. Mm. We got to be motivated. I don't need to be, I'm not like that. I don't need to be motivated. I follow. If you tell me what we need to do to get better, I'm doing it. But we just be, need to be motivated. Like, that's, is man, black people, I'm, I'm, we coming. The hey, guy show's coming. We coming to save all black people. That's the goal. Wait, speaking of motivation, Mason Cam just signed an eight-figure deal. Um, so this actually is really good news. It shows what black people do when they stick together. If you don't know, they were beefing for years. They came together, started a talk show. I think it's really interesting to watch how, other sports talk shows have um, adapted their shows to 
kind of mimic the culture and the vocabulary that they have. So, for example, I know you like to talk about Sports Center and all that good stuff. Um, they had even implemented a cap segment in it, like just kind of really trying to incorporate our culture into yeah. everyday stuff. So, um, Sports Center had a, a cap segment. Stop. I, I swear to God, mm. they went off about it. Yeah, they did a, a is this cap segment or something like that. So they're trying to like now integrate like that type of style. Um, what type of motivation does this bring towards Black people, and how can we use this as a step in the right direction? My answer is number one: congratulations, uh, whoever did them that deal. We open. Just <laughs> making it known. Ready? Um, but no, on a on a real tip, I just think that uh I just think that it I would just say to black people, you can be yourself and still win. You like I love Cam and them show. I love it. Why I love it, can I tell you why I love it? Because my entire life I've watched ESPN since I was a kid. And now I'm watching BSPN. <laughs> and I'm watching Cam say, my nigga, you got this going or what? Like, you can you yeah. bust Larry Bird ass? Yeah. And I was like, yes. That's like rappers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, it, it's rap on sports. That's really what it is. It's rappers' perception on sport, bro. Cam and Mace, I, bro, it's incredible. Incredible. Like, I, wa- I watch it. I love it. And they deserve it. And we come in next. Like you said, being yourself works because they they were getting a lot of flack in the beginning for saying pause and being homophobic and stuff like that. But that's genuinely who Ooh, they are they, in every Harlem, room. Yes. And I love the fact that they were able to be on a on a stage and be themselves and people respected it and didn't run from it. But them. here's the thing. It tells you something about money people. I'm not going to say. No, I'm being honest. I don't give a damn what you're doing. If you got eyes and you got some motion, money people are coming. That's a fact. So stop worrying. That's why I said do you. Because a lot of times when you come from nothing, you want to appeal to the money people. Mm-hmm. Nah, the money people don't care about you. They care about what you're doing that can make them money. And if you're doing the most blackest, most ignorant shit, if they think they can make money from it, here comes the check. So I also always say all black people, be yourself. Be your normal self. But also think about the culture and don't embarrass us like crazy. Yeah, I think I think if Cam and them, I think if Cam and Mace didn't have the history of albums and 25 years of being in music i think it wouldn't be received that well mm. i'm just saying don't two random guys do that <laughs> you know what i mean because because you know what i mean so because we got to also think about how it makes us look there's a penalty to every action mm. so just you know like but cam and them have been them if cam was doing it any other way i would be pissed yeah, like if you watch cam put out he used to put out short films on, on world star yeah the short films on, like he's big at, it's always been who Cam Always is. ignorant shit. Like, Cam has, one, Cam has one of the most famous lines in movie history to me when he said, niggas die, die every, every day, day, B. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, she caught me with it. Like, that's one of the most famous lines in, 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 in movie history. Yo, and the part where he say soup, yo, we in, in the hospital bed? He like, oh, you, we gonna get back to what we doing? Nah, man, shit different, man. I, I think right. it's a it's gonna a get bigger, you some soup. <laughs> get you some soup. <laughs> I, I think all it's like a soup is crazy. It's a bigger lesson that that's within all of this too. So first of all, I want to shout out Chanel Ray, who is their publicist, mm-hmm. she's and she's working yeah, with she us. Is. To, I bet you. We're, we're working on that. That's my homie. And Thank you for not bringing us. Them. See, y'all brought her Queens. He didn't. Um, he no, did. she's not from Queens. She's from oh. Long Island, actually. See, oh. that's even worse. She's he didn't deny she was from Queens. <laughs> he let us all to believe she's that. She's not. 
But oh my God! <laughs> I said I just said my homie. I said, but when they said she from Queens, you didn't say just said, no. no. I you said, said my yeah, home. my homegirl. Yep. So look, we gonna keep it. Mo- yeah. But anyway, I, I think the 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 more important thing is like they had issues for a long time, and when you hear them talking about it, it was like really like a big misunderstanding because I guess when Mace had blew up and kind of pulled Cam in, and then Mace kind of pivoted from whatever they were going, you know, they was doing before. And doing different shit And then they had their issues over the years And now that they've been able to kind of like circle back um, I, I, I think that's really dope And it makes me think about like There's more stories like that in hip hop I would like to see other stories of people who started together And maybe they may have had some issues or something like that And um, you know Try to like you know bring it back together And, and win together I think that's really dope Yeah that's good And, and you know Black men just need to talk. Yes. One of the one of the four agreements is never assume, because when you make an assumption, that assumption becomes a fact in your head. Once it's a fact in your head, you react like it's a fact, Acting. and then the whole time it wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. It was an assumption that you because assumptions become facts in our head. So, uh, you know, I always tell people, read the four agreements. Never assume is one of the agreements. Never. Okay, it's intentional. Yeah. Okay, he done read the book with us. Um, So somebody brought it up earlier, but, well, not this, but um, there's a rumor going around that the shade room is the worst thing that ever happened to our culture. Um, Do we agree with that? Do we disagree with that? How do we feel about that? I can't even believe that somebody said that. I love the shade room. Right, I'm so not even. I'm, I'm being honest with you. The I, reason I really why do. they said it is because they feel like sh- the shade room has a habit of making captions that are clickbaitable, which isn't their fault. It's not their fault that people don't click on it and read the full article. But. Okay, so let's talk about it. The name of the company is Shade Room. Shade, shady, shady. Right. It's like it's just shady. It definitely transformed and they, from when and, it first started. And the room is for their roommates. Mm-hmm. It's a whole bunch of shady roommates. roommates. Yep. So you you got to play to your audience, but. The Shade Room is the most powerful black, um, in my opinion, the most powerful uh, black out- media outlet in the world. I think the Shade Room is more influential than BET. Mm. I agree. I agree with that. By far. Everybody votes to agree with that? I'm kind of sad BET wasn't, isn't for sale anymore. I mean, it, it's, it, they'll buy it. It's just, you know, when you're dealing with money, sometimes you got to walk away to let them know I ain't going to play your game. Tyler Perry is still going to get it. I think it was Cash. He wrote every show. If you turn the BT on now, everything right. is on. Yeah. Jack doesn't think it was really on I, the I table. I think it was Cap. I think they just did it to see what what what, what the market was like. I don't mm-hmm. think they really want to sell it. And if they do, they're going to sell it for more than what, what they were asking for. They want to see how badly someone wants it. I don't think it's Cap. Only reason that, that being said, like, it's a, it's that station TV. That was, what's it called? Mm-hmm. It's um, syndicated TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Syndicated TV is an antiquated system at this point. So like, I mean, they definitely want to get rid of that went, weak ass college. asset. Excuse us. It's like, antiquated. BT's, went to college. Nah, BT's like a, a weak ass asset. Like, it's not like a something like, how many people actually have cable? So like, they definitely want to get rid of it. But the funny part is, Tyler Perry definitely going to end up buying it because if you turn on BT right now, all his shit is on there. It's all Tyler Perry. <laughs> so it's a syndicated show. It's a syndicated uh, TV and it's all Tyler Perry. So, he owns the majority of the market share for him. So, right. yeah, and, and, and to be honest with you, they should sell it to him anyway because whoever's over it is lazy. Yeah. If that's the only thing, because all you see on it is reruns of yes. shit. Like, I would, like, it's so crazy how easy it is to create dope ass content that the world want to see. You just have these college educated people who think they know what the culture needs. You quite, you might not know just because you went to uh, HBCU and you went to a guy, the doctors here, whatever it is, that doesn't mean, you know, black people. Right. And BT is black entertainment television. And the fact that 
outside of the BET Awards and the BET Hip Hop Awards, none of us really watch it. It's really shameful. And, it's, and I'm not disrespecting who at the top because they might be dealing with politics. I'm not going to disrespect them. But we got to save BT. We got to, bro. And and BT should buy the guy show. I'm I mean, not being funny. Not just give them something. Something what besides the meet the meet the pains every damn day, <laughs> or meet the, the Browns, or meet the Perrys. Like he, I mean, meet the fucking so shows we gotta watch. You know, it was rumored they were trying to move the BT Awards from LA to the Bahamas. Bahamas. Who the fuck is going to the Bahamas with BT Awards? Let's start. Let's Shit, start I would. So, nah, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. If you really, if you really want to save save the culture of BT, like right. move the fucking awards to Atlanta. Why haven't you Amen. like? That's the let's start there. Move it to Atlanta, where if we already have, if you already have, you can literally move it to Atlanta and put it at Tyler Perry Studio. His studio is big enough That's to hold, to hold the fucking awards. Or you can take it to State Farm Arena. You go, you got many. Can I tell y'all something? You know how hip hop runs the world? You just gave me a take. You know how hip hop runs the world compared to the people? Um, because hip hop is ran by dudes from the streets. Okay. And BET is ran by college edu- educated blacks. And, you know, you got to find a way to appeal. No, seriously. I can't teach you how to hustle. Like, like, like you got to find a way to appeal to a younger audience. And uh, the, the, if I was BT, I'd just, whoever run the shade room, tell them, come over here and run us. Mm-hmm. We'd be watching BT clearly all goddamn day. The like, they right. clearly know what to do. Yeah, they clearly is, understand. Tubi is popping right now. Tubi, Tubi, uh, Tubi is, that's what I'm trying to say. Anything where we go gets motion. Amazon right. Prime was the same way to Amazon Prime. Like, literally, t- Amazon Prime missed out on a wild-ass bag. Mm-hmm. They were doing the same shit Tubi's doing. But they were never promoting it. Tubi said, "Hey, no hell." Y'all. Tubi not only does Tubi, on. Tubi owns it. It's a Tubi movie now. Right, yes. it got its own. Brand. Whenever it looks low quality black stuff, mm-hmm. man, it ain't got to be on Tubi. They gonna be like, "Man, these goddamn Tubi. Tubi movies is going too far." Hey, imagine yeah. if Snow and the Bluff dropped on Tubi, bro. What? No, let me tell you something. No, no, no. I saw a what clip on Tubi. I saw a clip on Tubi Snow where a dude. Bluff? On Tubi. Imagine that shit dropped on Tubi. I saw a clip on Tubi where a dude had a gun and he threw the bullet. And the bullet <laughs> did like this. And then hit, went through a tree. Threw the bullet. And hit the lady in the back of the head. What are we watching? <laughs> bro, it's, it's, bro, what it's are crazy. we watching? Like, who, who thinks of that? Like, bro. I, I, I can see them at the cutting room. Yo, so look, we got to get some GC. Is that the word, Aaron? GC? CGI, we gotta get some CGI, and nigga like that's a goddamn Tubi movie, man. They know what the hell this shit is. I don't need no CGI. Put that shit out like it is. Yeah, but it's ketchup. You can see me pouring the ketchup. That makes it more of a Tubi movie. Pour the ketchup like it's blood, bro. bro. I'm telling you, Tubi, bro. I'm telling you, like it's funny because we talked about the Cameron shorts. Like mm-hmm. Tubi literally makes those are all Cameron. It is what it is. Feels season. like Tubi's version of a sports show. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It felt like Tubi's version of a sports show. In the beginning. Oh, my God. What a world to live in. I want to live in Tubi world. Bro. I want to live in... Listen, Tubi, we need to do some business again. I want to live in Tubi world. Bro, Tubi Tubi's world. amazing. Right? I want a Tubi channel. You remember that Tubi clip I sent you and Don? No, you, you sent me and Don like 300 clips a week. The, um, I got to, you got to give me the one. I'm sorry. It, it, was, it was like an old man on his deathbed. And he had a... It was like a nurse in there trying to like, you know, I don't know, do whatever her nursing thing is. So she started whopping him off. Like, he was, like, brain dead. And she started mopping him. I remember him, that. You know and then um, she was like, well, I hope you remember that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> what? That shit was crazy. Bro, my Tubi- man Devon sent that to me, my brother. But Devon said that shit was crazy. Tubi needs, Tubi needs more energy. To, I actually like Tubi, Tubi a little bit. I like Tubi better than I like Tubi better than I like Zeus Network though. 
Yes, I agree with that. Because I don't like reality, reality TV. Nah, I, I don't mind reality TV, but I hate when you put the most low vibrational people on and say, "Watch what the fuck is about to happen." Crazy. <laughs> he from the hood in Compton. She from the hood in, in, in the College Park. He from the hood in the Bronx. They about to kill each other. Yeah, I hate that. I could, I, I definitely think that BT Yo. needs to get saved, and we need to figure out the right way to do it. Um, so before I go to the American Black Dad question, I want to ask some music questions, and I need y'all to give me like real answers. I actually stole this one from Twitter. So it says, "Did Jay Z get out rapped on Renegade? Who wants to start with this one?" I say hell no. I'm a terrible person. I don't like Eminem. I don't, I don't think I, I like Eminem, but I don't I don't compare him to any black guy, anybody black. I'd rather compare him to Kid Rock. He shouldn't be compared to anybody well, black. Well, he's a rapper. You got to compare. Yeah, he's a white oranges. rapper. He's a white rapper, and he plays by white rapper rules. That's Macklemore. I'm comparing him like Macklemore. Macklemore, Jack Harlow. Oh, he put him in the same category as Mac Miller. Mac Miller. We we have yeah. Dr. Mac Miller. Yeah, but you gotta remember, like Renegade was Eminem's record. It was Eminem and Royce the Five Nine. And he and, and, and so so, so Hove had to kind of get on his flow to make the song make sense. So he was like the bridge. The only time Hove to me got out rapped on, Uh-oh. was Jay Z, Biggie Smalls, nigga, shit your draws. Mm. <laughs> Where you from? What? Where you say if they have two, she probably had two pops. Get it? Two. two Jay pox. killed. It was like fifty one forty nine, but it was when Biggie said that. Mm-hmm. Bro, crazy. Anybody got a time Jay Z got out rapped? Anybody else? Nope, because like you said, Jay Z. What's your favorite Jay Z? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Huh? He knew that Ooh. one. Can I, tell, can I tell you another thing? Can I tell you another song where he probably got... There's songs where people met him where he is. Okay, I like, like meeting him where he is. Freeway. We celebrate till the sun come down. Yeah, Crack a, like what? Like what? Or what we do? Freeway. That's, that's, oh, okay. Freeway met him. Freeway yeah. met him. How, he was there with him. I think the only thing that's, that even comes close is... He had a record with three stacks. Which one? Uh, um, oh, yeah. Nicki outwrapped him on Monster. I got another one for you. Know, um, Nikki outrapped him on Monster. Nobody said that. A woman outrapped Hove on Monster. That's the one. And I, I that, got, was, that, was, that was by design, by the way. Kanye wanted her to be, have the best verse. Oh. So he kept putting it. Yeah, he wanted her to have the best verse. They rewrote that verse. Like, he made like, her keep rewriting the verse. He's like, you have to have the best verse. You're the girl. I think, though, Killer Mike um, killed him on Popping Tags. Doing your own with that one. Killer Mike is incredible. I think that it's hard. to. I said, Killer Mike might have met him. I don't know if he killed him. Why do you say kilt? Like, kilt means left Listen to it. Okay. <laughs> Killer Mike is the lyrics. Kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. Listen to it now. We're not going to be able to get it. Hold on, hold on. What you about to say? Killer Mike is one of the What you about to say? Yeah, he's one of the No, you about to say, recite the verse. I don't know the verse. But I listened to it recently. And I think Killer Mike. I love Jerk Ted. You don't even know I'm going to be honest. I'm going to keep it a band. Ray could do the whole album from... Top to bottom, probably. Oh, if I you, you don't know. You don't know the Jeezy record. Three stacks. I read. Did, did you go look for? I, 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 I can't remember, I, I can't remember enough about, about the verses. I'm about to phones away. I over here using lifelines. I, life record, I think. I, like, the, I think not, nobody. First of all, we got it. First of all, let me tell you something that we got to do that we never. How can I tell you something that we never do that we have to do right now? My Atlanta brother, if y'all want to join, y'all can join. Man, we really got to give some credit to Big Boy because. As superior as Andre 3000 is, 
we found out it was always like a verse here, like his verse on um um um. I came into this world high as a bird on secondhand cocaine powder. I know it sounds absurd. I never chew like that verse. Um um, it's like it's not called Millennium. It's called something like that. It was on the AT Aliens album. Dre would have a verse here that was like very elevated, but for the most part, you really can't name an Outcast record with Dr- well, you can't name a lot of Outcast records with Dre. <laughs> Cause when that verse that he put on on Outcast with a K, you know, niggas is hard, harder than a nigga try to impress God. Uh, gangsta shit. That was that to me when I heard that. That was when I was like, nobody's better than him. Okay, that's fair. Like, so for Big Boy to have to do albums with this man and and and, 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 and never be toe to toe, never really kind of be put to the side. Now, I think I think Andre is just kind of so much. I think he became superior. When he became three stacks, do you know what song he became three stacks on? I, that I know of. That I, I can remember the first time we heard three stacks. Aquemini? Uh, nope. Nah. Nope. Life, Mr. Benjamin. Nope. Nope. The first time we heard three stacks was on um, Slim Calhoun's "All These Little Nothing." One. And remember, he's like, "Cause I love my man." Dun dun dun. Cause he was rapping in the he was rapping in a voice. Okay. He changed his he changed yeah. his voice gotcha. on that song. It's okay. And, and that right? was the it's okay yeah. by Slim Calhoun. Mm-hmm. That was when I know Three Stacks was introduced to the world because he rapped yeah. in like a high pitched tone, and it was like the first time we heard him like that. And he was like Alex in Wonderland, 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 mm-hmm. and it was like. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and it said featuring Andre 3000. That's what I can remember. It might be something else. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That was a dope song. I like that song. Okay, so we're going to move to American Black Dad question. Are you, do you have kids? I am. All right, congratulations. All right, so this is a, we kind of asked for take on some things that might have to do with actually being a dad. So I'm so interested in hearing this one. Um, How do we feel about men asking for full custody um, of the kids and then requesting child support if they break up with their child's mother. I think I don't have a problem with a man asking for full support. I mean, asking for full custody. I just have a problem as for child support. So they could have the kids just got to support I mean, them on if their you, own. If the mother was there, you would be the main support anyway, or you should be. So asking her for money and you taking the kids, that's a little, a little, little bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> taking the kids might just be your good father. You know what I'm saying? But ask for money is like, and that bitch going to pay me some money for her. <laughs> Damn, nigga, you, you trying to kill her. Like, Have you ever met a woman? You was like, what you do for a living? Oh, I work at the doctor, but I'm, a ch- I'm on child support. Child support's kicking my ass. And it's like, really? Shit. So what about you guys? How do you feel about that? Like, if I don't have kids, so I'm opt out of this question. Mind, <clears throat> I mean, I, I wouldn't personally ask for child support. I mean, asking for full custody is not an issue, but asking for child support is like, my nigga, it's your responsibility anyway. So, just step it up. Okay, so what about smoking while pregnant? Um, oh no, nah. I actually got mad. At, I seen I seen a girl doing that. I was hot. I was pissed. I was like, bro, like, like, bro, like, if you don't want the kid, bro, like, just do something different. Like, that's fucked up, though. Like, the baby didn't have a chance. <sighs> what about smoking while pregnant on national TV? <laughs> when you put someone at the forefront of the culture who hasn't earned a position there, that's what you're going to get. Because if you someone earned a position there, they would know how hard it was to get there, and they would say, no cameras while I'm smoking weed because I don't want to be judged right now. Mm-hmm. But when you just take somebody up the street and make them famous... And now she has booking info and she's getting paid to show up to do absolutely nothing. 
what the fuck y'all expect? What about Zeus? Do they have accountability and putting that type of imagery out Once there? Once again, when you take somebody, that is the whole brand that they've built. Taking people, putting them in messed up situations, and watching them go at each other. That is what they built their life, their whole business on. Okay, I got chewed up on the internet this week. Last question before I do the closing one. Oh, God. So a black man said that most black women are raised to be independent while Spanish women are raised <sighs> to be wives. Um, how do we feel about this statement? What are we thinking? It's, it's nothing wrong with telling the truth. I've never heard a Spanish woman or a white woman sing about being independent. I've never heard a white artist sing about not needing a man. I heard a, I never heard a, Taylor Swift has never sung real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. You know, like we got to be honest. That is what our culture pushes forward. Anybody else before I go? I mean, you told it, that's the truth. Like, I, I haven't heard Taylor Swift say that. I haven't heard what. What you over there writing so hard for? It is like, I mean. Anybody on this couch dating um, anybody from the opposite race? So don't do that. I'm asking. I have the right to ask that. If y'all saying that this is a statement that's true. I love my queens. So why are you not dating outside your race if the other races treat you so well and they're not raised to be independent? See, no one one said that. This is why they go the other way. Because of that problematic thought process. No one said that. You asked us a question. By the way, we didn't even bring it up, did we, Vanessa? <laughs> you brought it up. We said, well, you can't get mad at it. And here's some facts why it's true. And then you said, why y'all ain't with them then? I ain't get a fact. You that's why. Hey, you no, I did. Taylor I just said. I just said Ray, Ray. Well, oh, you made Swiss an assumption song? and it became a fact. Right. And it became a fact. <laughs> First of and, all. And don't take it personal. True. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You're taking it personal. Don't take it personal. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> But are we going to discuss why black women you are hyper-independent? Jack, 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 you don't mind. You're not, you, your, your woman, your woman well, my, is... My, my wife is Dominican. I knew that. that but, I was Dominican waiting for him to black. say some shit. Dominican people are black. Though. I agree with that, but it depends on which Dominican you ask. But that's another story for another day. Listen, if you if you go there, you're going to see more people your complexion than I, I whatever you think they are. <laughs> I love me some Dior. But anyway, no. Well, the, the, back to the situation at hand. The reason why black women are hyper-independent is because we were forced to be. Um, we have come from generations of homes where we've watched mothers be single. And even though they've been successful, cap. that's just what we know. What, what's the cap? Let me hear it. So let me tell you, right? So my grandmother, my grandfather, right? Married 40, 50, 50 something years, right? My grandfather comes home. He drops a check on the counter. He, that check takes care of the household, right? It wasn't until the 90s, 80s, 90s, when the crack, when crack hit our community. Mm-hmm. Started sending black men to start sending black men to jail. Had black men on the corner selling, selling dope. Hold on. So you weren't raised, generations weren't raised raised to be independent. You you That was a defense mechanism for you to now, what your environment provided, that's how you operated. However, that's not the thing. Like now it's like this thing where women are like, oh, well, I need to have my own to do X, Y, and Z. Well, if we're, having a, if we're building a nuclear family, you don't need your own, baby. Right. Mine is yours, yours is mine. We're building this, it's one pot. But it's, we have this, this mentality now that's like, oh, as a, as a community, oh, I need to make sure I'm good. Me, me and mine gonna be always be good. Mm-hmm. Do, white men, do white men? Ask, not, we, we are, do we white are men one. ask women what do they bring to the table? Do they do that? Because only well, we, we expected to bring something to the table. How you gonna ask us that? We the only ones that expected to bring something to the table. I'm going to the restroom. If you're gonna go deeper than that, white women are the ones that white women were getting their ass whooped at home and decided that hey, we want to go be part of the workforce now because I'm I'm getting my ass whooped at home. 
I don't control shit. I don't do nothing. So they the one to ask for 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 equality in the workspace. Black women were like, so "Man, we we're good. Right. So we good." That's that's a fact. That's not you even. See, you see the woman with the granny dresses by the stove and that had 10, 15 kids. All right, but to go all the way back because the reason I'm not even gonna go to the crack epidemic because we were getting out like for me, my grandmother and my grandfather were married, but he was gone majority of the time that my mother and my aunts were being raised because he was fighting a war. So that was the first stop. And then when they came back, they got displaced. Unlike those of the white counterparts who got welcomed with open arms and they got into programs where you could own your house once you came from the war. So we have always systematically been fighting different um, issues and obstacles than those of our counterparts. So when you ask us why are we hyper-independent, because we live a different reality than those of white people. White people don't worry about their husbands leaving out the door and getting killed by police. They don't have that reality. They don't have to worry about their husband even walking out the door and being killed by another white person. We face different realities than that of other females. We have to worry about our husbands not coming home at night, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Whether it be the police, his best friend, um, going to the army, um, dying of a heart attack because we don't have good health. Whatever it is, we face different realities than those of our counterparts, and that's why we're hyper-independent. Not because we want to be. Even now, where everybody is an even laving playing field. Why the fuck are fee- black females the only ones expected to bring something to the table? What do you bring to the table? What do you bring? Nothing. Me, what's up? It's not about bringing nothing to the table. It's more so about creating, like, the thing The thing we keep missing is, like, in a family dynamic, so it's like, so I had an issue with a shorty, right? Mm-hmm. And her thing was, I don't compromise, right? And it's like, in a compromise, that means we're both bringing the same, like, it's, there's equal partnership here. I can only compromise with something that's either greater than what I have or equal to what I have. I'm not compromising to go backwards. Okay, that's, like that's, that's, that's ass backwards. Like, that's me working, I'm working, I'm backpedaling. Mm-hmm. No, we're running forward. So we're moving forward. So that being said, like, I'm not asking what you bring to the table, but I'm, asking, I'm also telling you that, hey, don't come to this table and not try to help me set the table. Don't come to the table and not try to cook the food at the fucking table. Don't, don't, like, if we're building a nuclear family and we're, we're really gonna take this shit to the next level, I need you to come with the, with the mindset of there's never an issue. We're always gonna have a solution to a problem. Don't come to me with more problems. Cause my life, I'm dealing with those problems every single fucking day. You don't have to add to that plate. If anything, you're supposed to, in our house, this is our kingdom. Mm-hmm. This is our place of peace, mm-hmm. solace, and retreat. Don't bring none of that bullshit into the house. Because mm. now it's like, now I got to go. Now, now that's when you see niggas stepping out. The guy goes to X, Y, and Z. Bars. Can I tell you the problem? No, Bars. 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 You want to act like a princess, but you don't want to be a queen. Here's the difference between a princess and a queen. They live the same exact life. Only difference is that the queen has to fucking answer to the king and has to fuck the king. And y'all just want to be princess in the lifestyle and not to do it. Men want peace. The, the sexiest thing a woman could do is talk to me softly and ask me, am I okay? Do you need anything? That's sexy to me. All the mouth, I, sh- shut the fuck up. That's not going to get us nowhere. Imagine, imagine walking through a dark forest trying to figure out how to take your family to, to heaven. Mm-hmm. And you got the kids, you got your kid, your, your, your son on your shoulder, you're, you're carrying the baby, you're pushing the shoulder, and your wife is complaining about where the fuck we at. Shut the fuck up. Are we almost there. I'm trying to, I'm tr- I don't even know where we're going. I'm trying to get us there. Facts. That is why you guys 
I promise you. Men don't do nothing but go to work and act like their life is so hard. They don't wash the clothes. They don't cook the meals. They don't get the husbands ready. They don't iron the clothes. Imagine going to work and bringing your money back to the house and they spend it. Women are working still. Shit, we working too. We doing all of that in work, and that's what I'm saying. Like y'all want us to be quiet once y'all get through the door and be at peace, but we went through hell to make sure when you get there, the house is clean, there's food on the table, the kids are sleeping, so you can have peace when you get through there. Like there's so many steps, and y'all just be sitting here acting like women should just shut the fuck up when they get through the door because you need peace. I went through hell all day. Your badass kids, the fucking got suspended from kids. I don't know. But I, I don't have kids. I don't know. I'm just being hypothetical. Damn, y'all don't. I didn't say nothing y'all said, but I'm sitting here being hypothetical. Back the kids, the uh, one problem. We had an allergic reaction. One got suspended. That lost is the your shoe job. or something. And I still got to go to work? No. No. Not for me. Listen, but most of these men want you to work too. We're not being see, realistic. See, see, here's the these thing, though. men do not want girls that are not working. The first thing they ask you when you go on dates, I'm a serial dater. I'm out here trying to find somebody. So this is, this Everything. Thing, see, what do you do for a living? You started this yeah, thing when you said, what am I supposed to bring to the table? If we have, if so communication is the number one thing in our community that we lack, right? So if you come to me and I- Proper communication. Yeah, proper communication. I'm not telling you to bring shit to the table. I'm telling you to help me set the table. I already bought the fucking table. I, I, put the, I done bought the house that the table sitting inside of. I done put everything. Every, I gave you all the tools to now succeed. What if they say the table ain't enough? <laughs> That's the real problem. Said, That's the real problem. Because no, they watching the other table. They was say, like, why they eating that over here? They watching the other table. Yeah, go the fuck over there. I'm with y'all. I just, I, I just want to make sure I don't want to say shut the fuck up. No, 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 seriously, because I don't, I don't mean it disrespectful, but I mean... In a sense of you have to put yourself in that moment mm-hmm. as a man, as a as a successful man, as a man, I could talk to everybody in here. The number one thing every man in here want is peace because the world is already hard enough. So you asking me like why you ain't got why we ain't got whatever. That's when you get the what you bring to the table then because I'm busting my ass working construction, making thirty five dollars an hour, killing myself. I'm doing my best. If my best ain't good enough for you, don't make me feel bad about it. Just go find a nigga that's good enough for you. But good luck with that. But it's more than peace. It's grace. Niggas don't like that's the thing. That's Most grace. Men, grace and peace is, is men, in the same it's, it's synonyms. They in the same don't, world. Men don't get grace. And I say men don't get grace. Anytime, anytime, especially when you're a black man, you don't get no grace. It's like, nigga, you better have a job. Nigga, if you dating, you better be able to take me on this date. You better have your own whip. You better have your own crib. You better have like this. You better, you better, you better. It's never Ooh. a grace. You know another thing is, I'm glad you said that. You know another thing is our community needs to stop putting material things at the top of our list of what's needed. Because because everything that women say they need, none of it is things that you can't touch. Mm-hmm. None of it is love me, uh, uh, lead me, mm-hmm. teach me. Everything is house, car, this, 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 bye. They can't, it's like, bro, bro, can we get there together? Ain't nothing more beautiful than getting there together. That's why I say the only real love is the love that starts when you're young. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you're, if you ain't with your high school sweetheart... <laughs> Nigga, this shit can go any kind of way. Because mm-hmm. we don't, because we know what it's like to not be. You know what I mean? But if, if I met you and I'm 30, and you, nigga, I'd live 30 years without you. <laughs> I could, right. But if I met you when I was 15 in high school, I'm a, it's, it's our relationship. We're growing together. I seen you go from baby hairs to gray hairs. Yeah. To me, that's beautiful. That's what love is about. But we. What? It's always a man's <laughs> I'm, see, I'm talking about when you get in a relationship, you can't even, they, be, they, ain't even, they ain't even got a mic and they're going to ask a question. <laughs> I'm speaking about a man's role. A man's role is to lead. A, man role is, a man's role is to provide security, provide, uh, 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 to be able to lead and be able to take care of his family. That's what a man's job is to me. I don't, I, I can do all that without a woman. 
So if I can, if I'm going to do that with you, just give me some peace. And I can't take, listen, my, my pet peeve is loud women. That's at the top of my list. You can't yell at me. Don't scream at me. My uncle Chucky literally told me, he said, if a woman ever curses you in public, leave her. She don't respect you. If she curses you in public, she don't respect you. Because if she could curse at you in public, you only have one to two reactions. And both make you look bad. Mm-hmm. You can curse louder or you can do something else. And both make you look bad. So if you were a woman that's going to curse you out in public, leave her. So for me, it's like the number one thing that we need for each other is respect. Mm-hmm. But the next thing that we need to do is stop looking back. Because look, we ain't there no more. We got to look forward. And, we all, and both sides are fucked up. Male and female, both sides are fucked up. But where do we go from here? Do we keep complaining or do we take ownership of our roles in it? So my thing is, is that Tamira just complained about her role. I got to cook. I got to clean the bad kids. You ain't never hear no man up here complain about working. We don't complain about our roles because we know that that's what a man has to do. So you complain about your role. It's really the problem in my mind because I'm going to do my part. That's just what I'm saying. Ooh. I didn't complain. I think I gave a list of things that women do. Cooking's actually my love language, but okay. Anyway, in closing, um, if you went to, if you had a hip hop wedding, what would be your hip hop wedding song? Mm. And though you can't say Outkast international players, because I feel like that's the obvious answer. For me, it is. I feel like if I guessed it, then you didn't that go is, deep that enough. That, in that your is that is the best. Bracket. That is the best verse. The most. <laughs> That is the most gentleman verse in hip-hop history. There's not a verse in hip-hop history better than, so I got a text from this girl I used to see. Like, he's telling you the story. Mm-hmm. I apologize if this message gets you down. Like, he's not dissing a woman. He's not saying, fuck you, bitch, look at wifey. He's like, I apologize if this message gets you down, so I CC'd every girl that I see around town. Hate to see y'all smile, but I'd rather see her smiling. Yep. Wetness all around me, true, but I'm no island. Bro, Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Look at, give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap. No looking back. Spaceships don't come equipped with river. Like, come on, bro. He's telling you, like, you are his future forever. Like, you are his. Like, and nobody else matters. And you say, you can't say that because you'd rather have me say, where your ass is at, when the thing, like, come on. The only other thing I can tell you, what do you want me to say? I wouldn't want it to be that. I just, give me one. You give us one then. No, I'm a girl. I'm going to say some, I'm going to say Beyonce and Jay-Z and But I mean, are you talking R&B or are you talking rap? You said, so there's a difference. So you, you understand that. There's a difference between rap and R&B. He said, don't do R&B. No, I'm asking her because she said, said a hip-hop wedding. Hip-hop. Okay, I'm just making sure. What's your song, I'm going to say Met the Man and Marry You All I Need. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. That was actually, That's good. That's that a great one. I, yeah. Kudos. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. There we go. Talk about that's the only answer. No, I said, no, no, I said that's the only answer. I said that's my but, answer. You okay. can't take my answer I mean, away that's, from that's, me. That's, that's, yeah, my yeah. answer, too, though. That's, that's I'm, I'm, Where we from? Exactly. Atlanta. Where he from? New York. He gave his answer. Listen, I ain't mad at it. I mean, that's just one. I got a list, but that's one. Give a couple more. Um, I like Rude the World, 2 Chains, with Ariana Grande. You don't know that song? No. Oh, you got to listen to it. You got one that we might know. Nothing Even Matters, Lauren Hill and D'Angelo. That's not rap, though. Why? That's R&B. It's on a rap album. Hip-hop, yeah. No, Lauren Hill album was in a rap album. She didn't win Best Rap Album of the Year? She is, but it was a combination of both, though. They have one rap lyric on there. <laughs> on the whole album? On that song. Okay, but not one rap I, not one rap I, I verse. Think, well, not a rap eight four bar fade well, out of I don't so think of that as an R and B album. I think that's no, a rap album. No, R and B song. She didn't say what album. 
that's not that's an R and B song. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I like I like Future. Wait for you. I think that's like if you listen. I'm gonna say Ti. Whatever you like. Stacks on deck, trolls on ice. <laughs> Baby girl, you can get whatever you like. Those are all What's better ones. than that? What do a woman want to hear? Nigga, we made it. If Trevor's going off of the bat. And Jay Z's song Bonnie and Clyde, all those good stuff. Nah. Well that's good. To me, I, I would walk off of that if I did it, but I would I would definitely say nothing nothing is better than Drake. And then I want to get to I'm the altar when Pipsy verse drop. My bitch a choosy lover never yeah. fuck without a rub. But you can turn it off after that. I like this A Boogie song. It's called Cinderella Story, but that's because I'm a New York girl. That's a bird. I like that so song too, actually. Yeah, it's, no, it's it's it makes record. me feel good. Okay, anyway, you guys, we are at Invest Fest this weekend, so make sure you guys come by and check us out. We're going to be on a podcast stage. Anything else we got coming up this week that you guys want to let them know about? Nope, okay. Uh, so well, Dre's thing on Thursday. But this is going to drop after that. That's right. Oh, okay. Okay, guys. So make sure you guys are subscribed to all of our channels. You're following us on all platforms. Shout out to our sponsors, So and Carrie. Thank you once again for sitting down with us. This is the cultural report, you guys. Ready, you guys say your line. And we are out. You ain't tell them who's, who we're going to have on the stage at Invest Fest. Oh, okay. Oh, no, are, are we, are we going to have Jason Lee this weekend? Yeah, we're going to have that's Jason important. Lee on the stage that's be, at that's, Invest that's Fest. That's I'm a big fan of his. He's the CEO and founder of Hollywood Unlocked. Um, he has a lot of good things to share. If you're trying to figure out how to leverage your social medias, your networks, get out there. Definitely come check us out at Invest Fest this weekend. Thank you, guys. See you next week. This is the God Show. We are out. One. He got to be New York and say one. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.